0: Hello, hello. On today's episode, we have performer, model, and director Lena Bembe join us for a conversation about our responsibility as ethical consumers to listen to the voices of porn performers. Together, we talk about performative sex, stigma around sex work, and the politics of sexuality. Ooh, y'all, I feel like one of the biggest things I'm taking away from this conversation is, yes, what is our role as ethical consumers of porn? The reality is, everyone watches porn. That is super normal. It's one of the biggest uses of the internet in general. And yet, there are limited resources on where do you find ethical porn? How do you check to make sure that the producers are actually providing safe spaces for the performers and paying them adequately? I mean, there just wasn't even resources to find when I was trying to find links to learn more uh, for this episode. There just really wasn't a lot, which is so frustrating. And I think one of the biggest things that Lena talked about was it's our job As consumers to listen to the voices of the performers so that we can know who to support so that we can be conscious consumers of our porn use. And I just want to shout that out to the universe that we really need to be conscious of what sites we're supporting. And how can we do this in an ethical manner to make sure that the performers are safe. It's crazy that this is just one of the biggest things that the internet is used for and yet there lacks such an acknowledgement of the reality of the people who do this work. So I just really want to thank Lena for her time and being a voice that we can listen to on this podcast. And I also just want to say a big thank you to the Patreon community that supports and makes this podcast a reality each week. Y'all keep on the lights for me and keep me going in this movement of releasing an episode every week so I just really want to say thank you and if you've enjoyed the podcast and want to join the anarchist family then check out the patreon link below we're going to be having our March Q&A so keep sending in your questions I'm a sex coach I study clinical psychology use me send in your questions and I will be answering them for this month's Q&A and releasing that bonus episode on the patreon so Check out the links below. And all of the pledges from this month are continuing to support the Brave Space Alliance, which is a trans, Black-led, LGBTQ site that provides mental health services on the south side of Chicago. So if y'all want to join the community, want to get that bonus episode and support something larger than ourselves and be a part of the radical change that we want to see in the world, then check out the Patreon link below. Otherwise, I hope y'all really enjoy this conversation with Lena and tune in. Where are you at? Are you, are you in the States or... Uh, I am in Berlin. Okay, yes. yeah. In Berlin,
1: Germany. It's five PM over here.
0: Oh wow, yeah. I literally so, yeah. just woke up. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's 10 Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, can, Good evening to you. How's your day going? Uh,
1: it's been quite busy. I am working on a deadline. I'm writing a piece for days. And I'm also in the middle of, like, next week I'm shooting and directing a music video, so I am, have a lot of work, actually.
0: <laughs> nice! So what yeah, do you, what yeah, do you do? Uh, what do you, I mean, yeah, what do you do?
1: I mean, like, for me, I'm a, I'm a porn performer, and, like, I mean, pornography, experience sexuality, it's my thing. Uh, it just came about someone who, um is acquainted with my work, she happens to be a musician, and then she was like, "Hey, I would like, I would like you to do this music video for this track that I have." And I was listen to it, and I was like, "Okay, that sounds good, and I can just, yeah, do it, basically."
0: Yeah. Um, Why not? Why not? You have many skills.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's another way of just, I don't know, like doing what you do and yeah. doing your thing and then just having like a nice project to put it in and also the budget for it because we, as usual like the money and creating films and so on it's expensive can be expensive so it's it's nice to have some funding to do nice things here and there
0: you have that creative mm-hmm. outlet yeah that's super exciting wow it sounds like you have a lot of different aspects of your creativity going, right? Writing, filming, the porn, all these different pieces that you get to like, dabble in all aspects of your artistry and creative nature.
1: I mean, it's, I think in many ways, it's all, it's all tied together. Uh, the connecting thread on it, for me, it's, it's all about explicit sexuality uh, like my main thing, and to me, what I like the most is, uh, is being in front of a camera. And for this reason, I have been doing porn for so long and so on, and that's what I'm known for. But, I mean, every now and then, like, I do get also, like, can, writing. I get to write pieces, you know, and I get to, uh, sometimes, like, speak about text and so on. But, yeah, for my experience, is mostly, and what I like the most is, like, film and, I'm performing. It's um, it's my thing. Let's just say.
0: Hell yeah! Absolutely. Yeah, and I can feel from the way that you're talking about it and your presence that it's something that you're very passionate about. Could you tell me how you got into this? Not everyone just like wakes up doing this sort of work. I'd love to hear uh, your journey into this field and this work. Uh,
1: well, it's it was like a very funny thing. I mean, I don't think that it's like the most typical thing to just to decide that one day you want to do it. You want to become a porn performer or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was just like a point which once I was like established here in Berlin, I saw that the access to pornography, that it's to alternative pornographies, it's like very much there, you know. It was like very easy to attend. For example, the porn film festival in Berlin that has been running for over, I don't know, like sixteen or seventeen years already, and I think that was like my first like point of con- contact with porn that is like be- beyond just like what you watch alone in your computer, and it was right. just something that seemed very that I felt like very connected to from the very beginning, and then I felt like, oh my god, like this mm. is something I could totally be doing, and I just felt really yeah very curious and I'm very attracted to. So after, like, going to uh, to uh attending the festival and so on and watching a few screenings, I decided to just get in touch with a couple of directors. On both occasions, I, like, met with them in person. Uh, they told me about what they do, how they work, what, what's their film, what's their process, and so on, gave me a couple of tips about entering this industry. And with one of them, it happened that maybe, like, a month or or so later I was I was shooting with her. Wow. And wow. after that my very first year was very um was very slow. I took it really easy. I didn't do much films and so on. I didn't like put myself forward like that with that much intensity. And it helped me to very much um check in with myself, you know, about how comfortable I was about this, how sure I was about this, and then yeah. it turned out that I was feeling good about it. So then the year after I just went in into it with a little bit more uh consistency. And that was that happened when was that? Six years,
0: ago. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was six years ago. Wow. And I love this, this checking in with yourself constantly, right? Like, does this suit me? Does this, like, is this in alignment with myself and having that space and you, yes, taking up that space and Mm -hmm. saying, yes, I like this and this is what I want to do. And I feel confident in that.
1: Yeah. I think that most of this is because, I mean, this is like sex work, Mm -hmm. first and foremost and in so many ways and when you decide to do uh when you jump into i mean like it it comes with its risks. like every single like type of sex work ha- has like entails a good number of risks like yeah and whenever they choose to jump into it it's something that is not like it's not an adventure it it can be very complex it can be very difficult you know there are like some risks attached to it and when it comes to online sex work it's the fact that what you do can potentially—I mean, def, what you, you have no control. Once your mm-hmm. image is put online, you have no control of it. You yeah. don't know exactly where it's gonna end wow. up, and and that's something that you really have to consider because of all the stigma that it's attached to sex work, to being, to doing porn. The I don't know the jobs that you might lose, the relationships in your life that you might jeopardize. You know. And I don't know, there are like many difficult stories when it comes to being in pornography and how when it comes to being a sex worker, the risks of being outed, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, in many ways, like if you if you get to do this, like even if it's just once in your lifetime, you really have to think about it very, very, very well because mm. it's a complex decision. It's not something just for like some and giggles or anything like right, that.
0: Right, yeah. exactly. And how difficult to have something that resonates so deeply with your own value system and how you want to show up with the world. But knowing that thing that is so authentic to you can also risk so many relationships, jobs, all these other things, right? And you're just caught in such a pull here of what feels clear and true to you and society is telling you the exact opposite.
1: hmm Yes, exactly. Ugh.
0: Yeah. How did you feel sitting with that weight when you first started? I
1: mean, I think that because, like, my very first approach to it was very much based on a gut feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. I, um, I did it, and I was like, okay, this feels right. But then there was, like, something inside of me. Also, because I, I did have, like, I mean, like, the people that I approached, they were also, like, knowing that this was my first time, they were also quite, I mean, they they gave me information, you know, so they will also get me, like, some things to think about, not only, like, for myself, like, right now, but also, like, some potential things that I will have to consider in the future, you know. So That was, like, very useful, and I think that after, like, doing this, like, out of, as a 100% intuitive move, then I decided to, I was, like, okay, you follow your gut, now it's time to put it in rational terms, you know, to, yeah. to have, like, both sides, put, like, the both, like, intuitive and rational sides, like, in conversation and then, like, uh, reflecting on what I did and what happened. And, and Yeah. And, yeah, and if this was, like, a right decision. So, uh, yeah, and that's how I approached it. And I also I didn't, like, rush to continue shooting them stuff, so that helped me a lot. And And, yeah, and it turned out to be... And least for my process, it turned out to be the right thing to do.
0: And I love that, right? I love that so much. And this takes such a strong connection to yourself. This is something I'm hearing over and over again, right? And like, this is something with any path of authenticity that is outside of societal norms, right? It takes this deep, deep sense of truth internally to say, no, this is what I believe in. And this is what I'm going to stand for. And this is the future that I want to create. Yes, yes. So then tell me, I'm thinking, like, you're going into your first scene, right, shooting. What was going through your head at that time? Were you feeling super confident, like, from the bat, like, I got this?
1: I was so damn nervous that day, of course. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. uh, Luckily, like, on that time, uh, the director that I worked with, like, back then, she was also shooting a scene the day before. And she invited me over. She was like, Hey, do you wanna come over to see how it's done? blah blah blah, so that you can have like um an idea and I was like, Yes, thank you for that. So so yeah, I was able to to see how they went about it and so on. It was also a very um quite a DIY production, you know. So it was like not sure, like sure. it wasn't like a set, it wasn't like a big crew or anything like that. It was like quite yeah quite small so in that sense it helped me out to just like be around you know to check it out to have a little bit more like conversations like afterwards with the people involved in it so that was like reassuring you know uh yeah but the day after of course I was like great I was so so nervous but but yeah once I was there and once I was about to get into it I was like okay like here we go and then and then the rest went good the rest was, was good. I felt comfortable. I felt good being from yeah. the camera. The performer that I was like uh, doing it with, like he was, I mean, he had more experience, you know, and it was like someone like I felt comfortable working with. So that was, that was good. And yeah, to work together, I was like, okay, this is, this, this is so fun. This this, this is good.
0: Hell yeah.
1: And so, yeah, uh, in that sense, uh I think it was just, like, a mixture of emotions and, of course, a typical nervousness about, like, being doing it for the first time. And then, of course, you want to do it right, you know. You, uh, yeah. You want to see, I mean, of course, I don't know, like, having a camera in front of you, it's like, okay, what am I going to give to the camera, you know, like, how am I going to? So, there's, like, a lot of questions coming to it, a lot of, like, um, ideas, you know, and I don't know, lots of, like, voices in your mind, but then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, like, it's time to jump into it, so let's just do it and try not to think too much about it.
0: Right, right, right. I mean, I'm thinking about, like, my own sexual experiences, right? There's a million different things running through my head of – and, I, you know, I'm trying to work on that of just breathing, being present in my body, not being so much in my head, but I can't even imagine – Shooting a scene where then it's like, oh, and I need to move my body this way. So the camera sees this angle and I need to be here. And it's like, God, I feel like that would pull you out of the present moment of the interaction. And that has to be such a difficult balance here of like enjoying the sexual intimacy that you're building in that scene, right? And also remembering that it is a scene and you have to move your body in certain ways for a camera.
1: Mm -hmm. I I think in that sense, like that's what makes being a performer something. Complex and something that not everyone can just do. Just because they think, oh, it's it's, it's just sex, you're probably not really like having a camera in front of you. uh, It's it's a different kind of thing. Of course, like all sex is performative, you know. But uh, the kind of dimension and even like in the in the in the narratives that seem to be that are more like oriented towards like oh, natural sex or like way it is and realistic and so on every single, like, feeling that you shoot, like, you have, when you have a camera in front of you, it does change the way in which you perform. And, and in that sense, like, it's important, you know, to know, like, the technical aspects of it or know exactly how to move yourself in front of the camera, how to conduct yourself in front of the camera. And because this is, like, first and foremost, like, a form of work, I think in some ways it's not even, like, necessary, you know, to have, like, of course it's always nice and good and fun if you experience like real sexual pleasure or if you have like chemistry with the people you work with. But it's not something that it's it's not a requisite, you know. So in some occasions it's okay it's to it's okay to feel pleasure and it's nice, but it's not it's not part of your job if that makes sense. Mm, you
0: know? Yeah, and yeah, I yeah, think yeah, it's also more. good
1: because as a performer you don't have to you don't have to um it's just like this extra layer that becomes too demanding. Is that every single time, like every single person you're made to work with, you have to like them and you have to enjoy them and you have to be into them. And it's like, I don't know, sometimes you just like have to work with people that you don't feel like attracted to and that's just fine. And sometimes you have like uh, work with people that you don't feel like any sort of like chemistry, even if you try and that's okay, you know. And it's 100% fine just to fake pleasure. It's 100% fine just to fake your orgasms. And I think, in that sense, what you sh- like, what I try to focus the most is just like in giving the performance that I am, um, that I want to give, or that like the the type of scene is demanding. That's that's more important than coming for real or liking the people you're doing it with. Mm. Um, it's it's part of the job, you know.
0: Yeah, interesting. That's such a different way than i would have thought like this concept of faking orgasm or these other pieces of like that intimacy where i would i would feel like the desire would be to want to be like authentic and true and fully present could you say more Mm -hmm. about yeah that that push and pull of the performance versus the authenticity of it
1: well i think that performance and authenticity are not against each other sure because i think that with or without a camera in front of us we all perform sex yeah. you know
0: yes
1: yes. Uh, yes so in that sense and something that I sometimes observe when I like when on social media you know when people are like oh performative sex you know uh like as if as if you're doing it wrong you know it's like okay so we all perform you know we all like yeah. have sex according to certain like Codes, you know, mm-hmm. and we all are also in the ways in which we stand against like certain normative codes, we also sure. perform, you know. No one is free from performing, you know, and and it's and it's really funny because sometimes people when like, they criticize like certain types of pornography, they talk about all that but they show performative sex, right? It's like performative says what? Like, are you talking, you know, it's like I don't know heterocentric narratives. Because that's if that's what you mean, then yeah. But like the people that you are watching in like the queer porn that you feel represented in, it's also performative, you know. People, I don't know, like performers. We don't have. It's not like the the sex that we do have in porn films is exactly the same kind of sex that we have in our private life. Mm,
0: Uh, Interesting.
1: I mean, that that's not always the case, you know. Yeah, and and that's fine because I mean if you want to keep private like your tastes in bed or like how much are your sexual appetites that should be you, you, you should have the right you know to keep it private on the one hand of and course. on the other because this is like a this is like a job like you're not like obliged to disclose those things you know yeah in this sense yeah. it's, it will be like demanding like emotional a sort of emotional labor that that perhaps you don't demand from other jobs you know? Yes. Because yes. we're talking about like, I don't know, like, of, like I don't know, let's say like a typical boring office job that people do like to pay the bills and get by. You don't, you don't expect at least uh, on paper, you know, to demand emotional labor from that, you know? Mm-hmm, so that should mm-hmm. be like the same standard that you should hold like sex workers for, you know? And I think that in some ways the better working conditions, the less people are demanded to perform that way. It's like, okay, you come to do your job. You perform the way in which we are, like, asking you to perform, and then that's it. You don't need to give, like, anything extra. You don't need to bury your soul. You don't need to develop some emotional connection. You just, like, go, get in front of the camera, fuck fuck the way you, are, uh, you agree to fuck in, make it look nice, and... Go home and yeah. cash your money. Yes. And that, and that, yes. That's, that's the way it should be. Mm. Of course, like, this sounds like too cold and so on, but there's definitely ways of like doing it and showing it in a fun, appealing way.
0: Yeah, I'm so interested when you said fuck the way that you like agreed that you would for the scene. Like, Could you tell me more about what those dialogues are like before you go into a scene? How do you make these agreements with the producers of how you're going to show up in this space?
1: Um, I mean, there are different ways. I think it, it, so in many ways like it depends on the size of production, how it sure. is done, and so on. But definitely, 100%, this is something that needs to be agreed on beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. Because, of course, you're not going to, you're not so like, oh, yeah, you know, it's going to be like this being scene. And then you just like show on set and then it's like, oh, guess what? It's again bang yeah, <laughs> That yeah, would yeah, be yeah. really. <laughs> so, of course, like in that sense, like it's, it's expected, you know, because first of all, you need to see if this is something that we your range of uh, skills and what you normally do. Uh, second, because that also uh, determines the fee that you are receiving. Because of course, like I don't For know, sure. yeah, if you're gonna do an orgy, it's not the same as doing solo masturbation scene. You know, like
0: sure. you
1: have to price it accordingly. You have to prepare yourself accordingly. Uh, so in many ways, you, it it is very it is the right way, and and I think I have never been in a in a in a set where I haven't been told how what deal's gonna be you were told you know like uh what is expected from you, if you accept to it any potential details you know uh you're also asked about you should be asked about your boundaries, you know,,
0: mm, I love that, yeah,
1: and also you should be attentive to the co performers' boundaries as well and and yeah, like all the all the details, of course, it's also super important, you know who you perform with because it's also natural and it should be also respected, the fact that many people do have their no lists or people with whom they do not wish to perform for several reasons. Uh, so those those things are mostly discussed. Also in terms of safer sex and so on, it's also if you need barrier protection or if you need uh, any other props and so on, it's also that's also like discussed beforehand and should be discussed beforehand. So, so yeah, there's like many elements here and there. Of course, also like STI testing protocols are discussed like these days also with COVID. Uh, there's like, pro- there are protocols in place and I, uh, yeah, so I mean, like and every single detail that you can think of from sexual health to fees to shoot partners to, uh, to the kind of sex that you're going to have and so on should be discussed and should be agreed upon and also should not be last changed last minute, you know? Mm-hmm, hmm So, or even without consulting, you
0: know? Yes, yes. And I love that, that discussion of consent, boundaries, right? Making sure that everyone feels safe in the scene and how many people would benefit just from even applying these ideas to their own sex Uh life, you know, with whoever they're having sex with, right? Like, we should be discussing these things. What are you looking for? What are you wanting? It's not, it's okay to talk about these things before you start.
1: Of course. Yes, yes. That's that's precisely the point.
0: Exactly. And I'm thinking like, you know, from before you started working as a porn performer to having this first encounter. I mean, that's a whole identity shift, right? So then you come out of that scene and now now you are a porn performer. Do you feel like that changed maybe how you interacted with the world, how you interacted in your private sex life? I mean, that's that's a whole big identity shift.
1: You mean as in, like, from one day saying, okay, now I'm a porn performer and so on. Okay. Yes. It's it's, it's quite something. Yes. And it's mostly because of the stigma attached to pornography and all yeah. sex work of all types, you know? Yeah, it's it's a process. I will have to say that it's not something that just, like, appears, like, and you just, like, realize uh, at once and then you just you have, like, the full picture right away. It does, it does become a process. And I think for the first time I was like, oh my God, like when I left, like that first time that I did my first film, I was like, oh my God, I, 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 yes. I just did porn. Yep. And it's yep. just like, eh, eh. And then there's like, perhaps like, at least in my case, there wasn't like much thought about it. I think I was just like, kind of like, sitting with that different emotions, you know, sure, sitting sure. in the moment with it. And then over time, I think also with experiences that you have and with the past that you like, go through that I think that, that that actually shapes the way in which you assume yourself as a porn performer and as a sex worker. Uh I don't think there's like a single way of in which a porn performers like define themselves because of course there's like a silly silly million different experiences of doing porn and existing in this industry and navigating it because it's so damn complicated. So I think that's probably definitely what I thought about this industry when I was in my first years. It has like changed and evolved and become more mature compared to how I feel and what I think it is, and also how my career has changed so far. So in def- definitely like this is in so many ways in which you assume like different identities about yourself that it's always like in constant change and evolution yes. and so on. Yes. That's yes. the way it happens with, with being a porn performer. And it's definitely shaped by the circumstances and the conditions with which you uh, move along with your work.
0: You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. The shift as you get further into it, it's changing how you relate to it, how you see yourself in it.
1: Yes, yes,
0: 100%. Yeah, could you say more about that? What is that evolution or or maybe more so... Where are you at currently with it?
1: Okay, I think definitely in the beginning I was the, I was taught because this is something that I chose to do yeah. in a very conscious way, and um, I I think definitely like my first years were like more I was definitely like super enthusiastic, you know. I was like really eager, yeah, you know, to sure. continue moving, doing things and moving along it and so on. So definitely. I did have lots of enthusiasm, you know, and, and of course, like your first experiences are, I mean, I don't know. i think that in so many ways, like nothing really prepares you to be a porn performer, you know? So there's like a lot of information that yes. you are missing as well when it yes. comes to working conditions, you know, about what, what things should you accept or what things like maybe you should say no to and so on. So of course, there is like some things that you only learn through with experience, you know? I yeah. do say that right now compared to the beginning, it's definitely my view of the porn niche that I exist in. It's, it's far more complex. I think I'm more like aware of the complexities of doing this. I still very much like what I do and I still love to shoot and so on. But at the same time, I, I am fully aware of what sort of complexities come with it. I have, become a little bit more uh, selective about certain projects that I do. Uh, But of course, I feel like a lot of things, I feel more at ease with doing things that are working in narratives that maybe don't appeal to me on a personal level, but it's like, okay, like this is uh, just like a bang for the buck. This is just, this is was paying my my bills and that's, that's just fine. I think that in some ways I have, yeah, as I said, I have like a better understanding of like how complex this can be but how like this industry is <laughs> not like the love and light idea that I had in the First beginning, pad, you yeah, know, about yeah. I still have like days that are like very good, you know, and I feel I and mean, I feel happy about the path that I have carved for myself and the and the way in which my work is regarded, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Of and course. so that's something that I feel like very happy about and also about like certain choices when it comes to how to move through you know Mm, in in many ways like this industry it's very it's very very precarious it's very difficult to navigate uh especially when it comes to performers that uh work or that present themselves as female it's It's quite easy to have like a shelf of life you know because like this industry really? is always like looking for fresh faces and so on, so there's also oh. a point in which like you have to uh readjust yourself and what to do and um oh wow, and so uh, so I mean, I don't know in some ways, like this industry also i do have a better understanding that this industry does require a lot of uh, an entrepreneurial attitude, you know about like mm-hmm. having to do things yourself and not waiting for others to kind of like invite you over and so on like in the in the beginning for me, I had like the fortune of being able to offer like a good amount of work studio and so on, and then at some point like that, due to different factors that has like slowed down, and it's like, okay, now it's time for me to learn that to what extent you have to look and procure things for yourself. So, so yeah. In many ways, it has been like a little bit of like my path and like the things that I have uh, learned along the way, and yeah. And
0: yeah. Yeah. And I love that you're bringing this full honesty to it, right? Sometimes people just want to say, yeah, the work that I do is great and it's perfect and it's always awesome. And I think that sometimes that misses the mark of the reality of we can have these passions that we are so dedicated to and still there's aspects of it that aren't great. Like that is real life, right? Mm -hmm. There are ups and downs to all of this and it's not, there's nothing wrong with saying some of this stuff is shitty, right? And I'm still passionate about it and I still love what I do. Yeah, I think that in
1: the case of porn work and sex work, I think this is also something really important to to highlight, which is the fact that because of the stigma that is attached to our work, you know, it is very it is very difficult to communicate when conditions are, di- where conditions are difficult, you know, or yeah. to advocate for uh, or to call out things that should be called out, you know, or to talk about injustices without being uh, judged for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that when it comes to your poor work and so on, the ways the ways in which the industry can work, it's it's difficult to access that Ugh. kind of information, you know. Yeah. And when you are a sex worker and talk about like instances in which you have been mistreated or abused and so on, people that mm. some people are very quick to judge you for it and to tell you in your face that you had it coming because you chose like this type of work. And sometimes, like, even just, like, censorship in social media and stuff, you cannot, like, post to a Anything. post without putting, like, the uh-huh. word, like, sex in it or porn in it or sex work without you getting, like, a shadow ban or censor yeah. or having your accounts uh, cancel and so on. So it is, uh, I think many people are really eager to talk about how it's like to work and exist in this industry in its full complexity, but in some ways it's so... It's so difficult to do it because of how stigmatized our work is, mm-hmm. about how, how like heavy censorship on us, and about also like the potential side effects of doing yes. so, like people yes. pointing at you or like blaming you for things, or even like giving you a reputation of being like difficult or a troublemaker. Yeah. So yeah. So it it is complicated.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that victim blaming narrative that you got into this field, what did you expect? And it's like, no, we need protection in this field. We don't, I'm sure there's no union, you know, that's advocating for these rights for the workers within this field. I mean, and that's a huge problem that there's not protection for something that is one of the hugest things on the internet that people spend their time doing, like people are just ta- suppressing these conversations, acting like no one does this. There's no need to have a protection for exactly. the laborers in this market. And it's just absolutely insane that we hush all this down when there are real people in this field that need protection and need the rights to feel safe. Ugh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure in that, then you know, so much of your work I, probably feels like a political statement. I mean, what you said of being a troublemaker, right? Having that view, or other people having that view of you. I mean, yeah, it's something was I
1: mean, if we're talking about sex and the ways in which sex is political, definitely pornography and sex work add to it's it's highly highly political. You know, it is not only in the way in which you put like. It's not only present, you know, in the images, aesthetics and narratives in films, it's also present in the way in which the industry operates, you know. And it's also present in with in the in the way in which like the lives of uh people sex workers they live their lives and get through their own struggles, you know. So
0: I mean this
1: industry is it's intensely political, you know. Even if you whether you go about it in explicit like explicitly or whether you just like move through it it's like it's it's very linked to politics
0: absolutely right and then yeah and this is a part of your identity and kind of what you said earlier of once you put that image out it's out there right so now people can see that aspect of you and there is no quote-unquote hiding of that so that is such a political statement to say this is who i am and i don't have shame for what i do here in fact i'm proud Mm -hmm. of what i do here and i'm fighting for a better future for all sex workers to have more you know space to discuss and be safe in these spaces and have their rights that's amazing yes yes Yeah, and it probably doesn't also always feel amazing, right? That's the that's the heaviness of it. That what you're doing is fighting against a whole patriarchal system that has hushed all conversations about sex, and so you are fighting against a huge wave of just shame and constriction around sexuality, which is not an mm-hmm. easy task.
1: Yeah, I think that sometimes you just complain the weight of like, oh my god, like I wish like. I wish we didn't have to deal with this, you know, I wish like even sometimes I wish like this wasn't a political matter, but this is not something that you choose to. This is just the way it is. And when things happen, it feels amazing, but when things are difficult, it's really overwhelming and disheartening.
0: Uh, of course. And then there's how many people can understand what you're going through, right? And like your experience. I'm sure other sex workers do. But then the massive public, when you're trying to explain these stories and what you're going through, they just, I'm sure, don't understand.
1: I mean, it's it's an effort of advo- it's proper advocacy and proper education. It, yeah, like that that's very much what you end up doing. But it's so worth it because I think also... It's. It can also be, like, a highly rewarding thing, you know, to have, like, these sorts of, like, conversations, you know, with people who have potentially never had a conversation, a candid conversation about, like, porn or sex and sexuality and all those things. So, in so many ways, like, sometimes it can be, like, actually nice, you know, because people do, many people do need to have, like, spaces for these kind of conversations that they don't have access to, and... These sorts of like spaces and so on can also help people to understand themselves, you know. It's like some sort of like collective growth, so to speak, because then for ourselves, we do like have a little bit more understanding. It helps towards destigmatizing what we do. It helps towards demystifying what we do and how to suggest about the porn industry and so on. And at the same time, for people, they do get to understand themselves, their own sexuality and so on. So. It's always like this kind of like win-win situation when things are, are good.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, there's really high highs and potentially low lows, but mm-hmm. that is also life with anything, right? Yes. Exactly. Yes. What future do you hope to see within sexuality and the porn industry? I
1: mean... Within the porn industry, definitely something that is really heavy these days is, uh, censorship. So I think that, uh, I like these days in more of pragmatic terms, censorship is one of the heaviest things that we're going through. Yeah. Because that censorship also contributes towards, like, progressive criminalization of what we do. Yep. Yep. And of, of, of porn, but also like different types of sex work and so on. So it like contributes towards further marginalization, you know, yeah. of uh, sex work, sex workers in our lives, you know. So yeah, I just wish to have a future in which like all types of sex work stop being uh, stigmatized, criminalized, yeah. marginalized, prosecuted. And in which, yeah, we just get to do our thing with more, with more safety, you know, with more protections, with more, with rights, with better rights, you know. And in that, in that way, we just like get to go about our lives without like all this harassment that we, that we get, you know. So I think that if there's something that I wish, that (laughs) it's all that basically, like all the injustices that. Safe to be lifted and just be left alone, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do everything in peace, and that's all.
0: Of course, yeah. And I want to say thank you for doing that work, you know, like you are a part of making that future. Every time you step into that space, and every time you bring your authentic self and your voice out and speak for the future that you want, you're making that happen, even if it's just that ripple, right? Yes,
1: well, I, I I hope to. I think we all hope to, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. For the listeners who might not, you know, this is the first time they're hearing these things, was not previously aware of these levels of complexities, is there anything that you would refer them to doing or reading or learning more about so that they can fully get this picture of what's going on within the porn industry?
1: Mm-hmm. I think that there's like, there's not, like, a single way to go about sure. it. And sure. I think there's also, like, many different people have, like, many different tastes of porn. And there is not a single porn industry. There is, like, a multiplicity or of, of porn industries and niches. So um, I think that the most important bit uh, to do is to... If you watch porn, if you are curious about porn, if you like certain kind of porn, I think it's always important to focus and follow the voices of the performers. You see, uh, you see in any type of porn that you may like. I, I think it's very common for us, the people who do porn, to be like very open and vocal, you know, about how this industry works. You know, about the conditions in which we work with, and so on. So definitely, in many ways, either consciously or more indirectly, like sex workers, porn performers, can offer a lot of educational insight to people who watch porn, or even if they don't like it, for people to understand what it is, you know, and stop like buying into the typical cliches about what porn is and not. And I think that in that way, like, people can also have a little bit more of an insight of uh how the industry works, uh getting, like, recommended recommendations of, like, companies or platforms or narratives or clip stores, you know, of, of pornography that could be of their liking, you know, and having also a little bit more uh, of an insight of how the porn industry works. About if, if it's like, if that preach about like the porn industry, so it's a million, it's a multi-million dollar industry. It's like, yeah, but for whom? Exactly.
0: For how many people, you
1: know? How does it work for like the common like person who's like, uh, your webcam, the, the web, your webcam or the people who's like, do, the person who's doing like content in their clip store, you know? What is the extent of watching, I don't know, porn films that have been raped and just like uploaded by, I don't know who on, on tube sites, you know, what, what is the extent of how important it is, for example, for performers, for performers to have, like, their their work supported, you know, or, like, for, I don't know, or paying for pornography, if that's yes. the deal, you know. So yes. in some ways, like, the very first, like, stepping stone to get more acquainted with how the industry works is definitely to hear to hear it first hand from porn performers. hmm Uh because in so many ways like within the porn industry, the porn performers are the sex workers of, within the industry and we are the people who are the most vulnerable yeah. to stigma, to abuse, to so many things. All so of definitely it, yeah. like in the same way if we're discussing like workers' rights, you will then go and ask the owner of the factory what is it about, like, ethics and working conditions? You will go like, to the workers themselves to ask them what is it like to work or how you can support them. It's the same story with performers.
0: Exactly, exactly. And so many people now are taking the stance where they really want to ensure that their companies are ethical in the way that they treat their employees and their manufacturing, right? This is a big movement where we're wanting to know that information to be conscious Mm -hmm. consumers. And I think people really need to take that same level of integration into their porn use, right? And consumption is like, who are you supporting? What are the performers saying about that work? And that, you know, how can you do this consciously in a way that is aware of these large things you're discussing and so Mm -hmm. yeah I'm so thankful that you've been on this space to share your experience right exactly what you're saying is listen to the performers in the space what are they saying yes exactly yeah is there anything else that you feel like before you came into this conversation you really wanted to touch on today and use the space to discuss (laughs) Uh
1: was so it was it was actually like this very last uh, question that we discussed. You know, was how important it is to focus on performance themselves, like what is the role that we play in this like whole like industry game and so on. And also, I think that maybe just like to make a recommendation for people about how important it is to educate ourselves when it comes to what is porn, what is not, what pornography is not, how like the industry can work. You know. And what does it mean to performers? And also, what is the, uh, weight of, uh, censorship? Like, yeah. for example, right now, like, there are, like, some, like, very important legislation going on in the, U- in the U.S. And if it passes, it's called the Earn It Act. It could be, it could be really, like, harmful, not only for sex workers and for criminalized, like, uh, even more, like, lives and the privacy of sex workers. I think also, like, laws like this, like, they do mess with questions of, like, privacy you know, that they start first with sex workers, but then they just, again, like, it becomes, like, the excuse, you know, to extend to other areas of, like, uh, people's lives and privacy and, like, the safety of, like, activists and anyone who is, like, deemed the enemy of the state, quote-unquote, you know? So I think that for these reasons, it's not only about, like, you know how the industry works. It's also because, like, on questions of, like, legislation and censorship, whether it's, like, governmental or, or corporate, they also involve, like, they also eventually involve the population at large, you know. So, I mean, getting informed about these things, it's,
0: it's, it's crucial for everyone exactly yes and that i mean and i'm so thankful that you're bringing this conversation to light and i hope people take you know this conversation and grow from here how can we help support you know and fight that legislation because this is an actively this is an active thing going on right now that we need to mm-hmm. fight back on i mean and this is yes. going to shape our future yes yes yeah exactly. yeah indeed, yeah. indeed. Alright, I have one closing question that I ask everyone uh-huh. on the podcast. It's what is one thing that you wish other people knew was more normal? Well, I think that's
1: the fact that we all have weird sexual fantasies.
0: Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah.
1: And and it is okay to portray them as fantasies, you know, in, in film. Of course, I I will put, like, certain, like, boundaries into that because this is not just, like, something that it goes without limits. But but I think that this is one of the biggest, also the, one of the biggest misunderstandings of pornography that people cannot tell reality from fantasy, you know. Mm-hmm. Or that people do get scared, you know, of things that seem a bit too perverted about, like, what, how how come they can inhabit the, the minds of like certain people. I think that that's just like the centuries of like Christianity uh, reinforcing the way in our minds and in our own ways of like self-policing ourselves. But I don't know. I think that we were just like more like aware with that because that could also like really help us to shape, yeah, like porn, how it's done and to address like uh, the problematic points of, the industry or like the, the narratives that dominate the the industry.
0: Absolutely, right? And I mean, bringing it back to what you discussed earlier, this whole piece of consent, boundaries, discussions, if you have two consenting adults, do whatever you want, right? Like, why do we put these hinges? That, But I mean, that first piece that I think is what's important, two consenting adults that feel safe, feel like they can define their scene, their fantasy, do whatever they want, then have fun, play, go mm-hmm. at it. You know what I mean? Why We restrict ourselves so much. It hurts. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, it was so great to have you. I really appreciate you Thank coming you on the so podcast. Much. Yeah. And just bringing your full self and your whole story. It's been, yeah, just great to learn from you and your experiences.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been
0: fun having you. Yeah. Good. Is there anywhere if you want to refer people to – resources, your work that you'd want to plug now?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think most of my work is on my, uh, it's advertised on my uh, social media account. It's all like at Lina Bembe. Uh, it's uh, either on Instagram or Twitter. And both of them, I have a link tree with links to uh, my work, to platforms where I have my work hosted. And uh, in that sense, like all my, 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 the links to my platforms, they all have uh, affiliate links. So if you also, if you're curious enough, I would super appreciate that people like check out and, if, and pay for their porn like from those affiliate links because that also helps a lot, uh, performers with, with getting like some extra money. And, oh, yeah. and yeah, like anything that you want to check out, it's definitely, that's where I exist the most, like social media, Twitter and Instagram. I do have an OnlyFans as well, uh OnlyFans.com, May November, And and yeah, that's that's where everyone can can see what I've been up to and what else I have
0: for everyone. Hell yeah. yes. Hell yes. Keep doing your badass work, okay? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, then leave us a five star review wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you're a part of the anarchist community, then follow us on Instagram or nominate a guest for the show by sending in a letter to modernanarchypodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, I'll see you next week.